0: Hello universe, it's uh, it's 5, nope it's 4.59 here on the 7th of October, and according to my Samsung Galaxy S4, I've got 8 hours, 34 minutes, and 19 seconds of recording time available, according to the schedule at the Home Depot on Broadway, oh, Broadway, What, do I work in New York? Uh, On Colfax and Wadsworth, well, I've got about 38 to 41 minutes before I better be on a bicycle riding to work. So, that's probably not enough time to go through all the shit I got on my mind right now. And I do mean shit. Um, No, I don't mean it literally, I guess. But I, I have had, it's Saturday, at almost... The end of the week, we have now seven hours to go. And I can declare this is the worst week I've had all year. And not the worst days, two worst days I've had this year. Well, one was in August and one was in, depending on how you want to look at it, February or or, uh, May. But the week that has been, well... What's gone wrong this week? Well, number one, um, I slept through my open mic on Tuesday night. I crashed at the wrong time. And then my open mic on Thursday night, that I was going to do this self-referential Messiah bit combined with my take on uh, what's wrong with the boys of the 21st century. And then end it with the, uh, well, it doesn't matter, it was the wrong audience, because there were just simply no females in the room, there was one, and that's not the mix I need for the particular um, bit about the sexes that I wanted to have, at least not for the first time, so I just left, which pisses me off more than that day I didn't exercise. And I have exercised since then. I've started the weightlifting. A matter of fact, I did it today. Um, not like for the first time I did it today to maintain my new schedule of every other day on the weights and aerobics. And so far, I gotta say, I am happy uh, with uh, my body's responsiveness. So that's not what wrecked the week. That's kind of what wrecked last week. If there was a Let's, last week was fine. Last week was probably, you know, the 10th or 11th best week of the year. But this year, nope. This year will go down as number 52. Um, for two very specific reasons. And then one sort of... Um, just frustration that I cannot get past. And... And then one undercurrent that I guess I'm finally ready to admit. Um, so, the, I've never spoken about um, having experiences with lost time. I consider these episodes um, right behind, or with blackouts are right behind them. In terms of, oh fuck, impact. Um, Blackouts, though, you can point to exactly what the cause is. And time slips, I don't know. I don't know what the cause is. Um, I will say that from 2012, 13, 14, somewhere in that range, is when I had my first real identifiable one that I couldn't deny. Through... Uh, at least Trump's presidency, I mean, into Trump's presidency, not through it, but into, say, 2018, <coughs> they would happen enough that, well, I was late to work twice because of them. I was late to all sorts of shit because of them. Um. And... Uh, it's... it. At first, you can just tell yourself that your sense of of precision with time has taken a momentary vacation. I am hyperly aware of what time it is, unfortunately. And even if I haven't looked at a clock for, say, four or five hours, I can tell you the time within 10 minutes, 95, if not 99% of the time. I don't know if that's an internal clock that's just counting down the seconds that I'm not even paying attention to. If I can tell by the sun from... 54 years of watching it move across the sky, I don't really know why I'm so accurate with the time, but rarely do I look at a clock and go, huh, huh, how the fuck is it that time? Except when I have time slips. And the longest I've experienced is maybe 30 to 35 minutes. But for the most part, they range in the 15 to 25 minute area. And... I'm going to guess that I've been through it somewhere between 12 and 20 times. And uh, it had been a while, especially since I'd had one that was crystal clear. I'd lost some, a chunk of time. And um, I, I have considered putting a camera in every single... When it, was, when it was frequent enough that it was happening, sometimes multiple times in a week. Um I considered putting cameras up just to identify how the phenomena could even occur because it what what it is is you'll you'll leave the kitchen to go let's say you're thinking about what you want to cook for dinner. So you look up in the cabinet and it's either going to be pasta or it's going to be tuna melts. So as you leave the kitchen, you look at the microwave and it says 428. So, <clears throat> to give yourself a little bit of time to think about it, figuring you want to start dinner around 5, you think, well, let's see, what kind of vegetables do I have for either one of these? And you go into your room, you drop off your books and take off your jacket, look at the mail, come back into the kitchen to think through what vegetables are in the fridge. And as you go to open the fridge, the microwave now says 451. And you think, well that's fucked up. What happened to my microwave? I've only been gone for a few minutes. Or whatever. I know I said 528, but whatever. There's 20 minutes gone and you've done maybe a minute and a half to 2 minutes worth of stuff. And you think, okay, well the clock's fucked up. Because 20 minutes have not passed since the last time I looked at that clock. What happened to my clock? So you go look at a different clock and you're like, well, wait a second, what the fuck is going on? There is no gap. It's not like you sat down and could have had an instantaneous 15 minute nap. You didn't mistakenly try on an outfit that you forgot about as you were deciding where to hang your jacket. You didn't all of a sudden read a book as you laid your homework down for the night None of the above. You did what is, in your life, two to three minutes worth of shit, that somehow 25 minutes have now passed by. And, uh, And, I mean, when it happens a couple times that are identifiable, like you know you looked at a clock, you know you recognize what time it is, and you know that there's a gap between what you're experiencing and what the world is telling you. And not like Mandela Effect. No. Like, like you shut down and got turned back on. But if, uh, if you think you're crazy, I do think that invites crazier shit to go on in your head. You enable your own level of loco, in my opinion. So the less you believe that you are an element of, um, of misapplied thought, misapplied interpretation, misapplied analysis of your immediate environment in the four dimensions we experience, if you believe those things to be fallible in your world, I do think there's some fallibility that will creep in. Or you'll generously apply that solution to situations where clearly had you looked further and harder, another solution of a more practical nature would have risen to the top. But no once mystical mama has decided that she's the uh, target of another angel sneeze. Well, you know how angels are when they sneeze on you. The time could just go. <clears throat> See, I don't buy any of that shit. I just don't. What I do buy is that I can have a moment of my own perception completely separate itself from reality that's chugging along from the main. They're not even threatening or... I mean, being late places is the worst outcome of all of it, except the disorientation that comes with thinking, what happened? How did I lose blankety-blank amount of time? And I've never lost hours of time. In fact, more than 30 minutes, I think, is a single outlier. But 20 minutes is about what it is, for whatever reason. And sometimes it's eight or nine minutes where you think, well, okay, you can talk yourself out of eight or nine minutes. You could have just spaced off on a song you were had, had in your head. I mean, and even then, you know you didn't do that, but you can talk yourself into thinking, okay, I guess I sat in front of the fridge looking at that magnet for more than 30 seconds like it felt It must have been four minutes. All of that seems wrong, but if the gaps are small enough, well, <laughs> dismiss them, you will. But if you can account for exactly what the last three minutes are, between you looking at a clock and you seeing a clock move 25 minutes forward. The first one is. Okay, that that's fucked up. The second one is. Alright, this is exactly what I went through that time before. And now I'm saying. This isn't fucking a one-off. This is a two-off. And then you get another and another. And pretty soon you're like, well, fucking, what is this? What is wrong with me? You look for. Allergens, time of day, circumstance, stress, lack of stress, whatever. You look for any kind of threat. None. Zero. None at all. In fact, one of them, the weirdest one, happened in the goddamn shower. I spent 25 minutes in the shower that felt like three or four. The water even got tepid. Not cold. But it started to cool. That's how I realized how long I'd been in the shower. And my immediate thought was, oh, the water here must have a leak. Because I had gotten so little hot water. Um, anyhow, I had one of these on Wednesday morning. And uh, and I, so I haven't really recovered, to be honest. Because the last one had been long enough ago that I kind of had forgotten about them. And once they're distant enough behind you, well, you can also then start to maybe talk yourself out of that little syndrome you were going through where you thought the time was always leaping forward on you. And then bingo. 25 minutes. Well, it's more like 19 to be exact. 19 minutes missing. So, that isn't the worst day of the year. There's two other days that clearly outweigh a time slip. But I didn't have a time slip last year that I can remember, and I don't remember one the year before. I know the year before that I definitely had one when Lily was in the house. So, it's been two plus years, say, or at least 20 months. And... Disorienting though it is. Just put it on the same... Backyard kindling pile that the Mandela effect goes on. And hope someday a torch gets lit and that all makes fucking... The light ring true. But until then... Well, be careful with matches. That shit all combust at once. You may not be ready for it. So... <clears throat> I... Then... Have had... My... Mum... My M-U-M, otherwise known as Mixed Up Male, has, uh, uh, he's he's avoiding me. And I'm not even, I just want to have a conversation about whether or not he thinks uh, a life of digital immersion is an option. Like, does he actually think about that for his complete social and romantic outlet? That's it. I don't care about all that other shit. I mean, that other shit will come up, obviously. And whether or not he even wants to disclose some of his inner psyche, well, that's up to him. But obviously, I'm willing to expose mine. So, if we're going to expose ourselves to each other, then, well, quid pro quo. But in no way am I trying to ever bring someone into a place they're not comfortable (laughs) existing. So, you know, he wants to dodge me for a while until he gets guilty enough to say, sorry, bro. I'll let him do that. But that's been a damper on the week, because if you listened on Sunday, you know I was really looking forward to having that conversation. Here it is Saturday, and I haven't had it. So, that's a little more helium out of the balloon. Um, My cat has taken a definite turn for the worse. In fact, I'm looking at two rather uh, oozy blood droplets that are on the floor that have come off of her since I went to play tennis. Which brings me to point number 345, whatever it is, about why this week has been fucking shitty. Because somehow, last night, I went to the tennis courts to get a little exercise, practice my serve. I have two identical rackets. I use them in case strings break. I have a backup ready to go. And I came home, and after 90 minutes of muddling around in the house, went to unpack my tennis bag and somehow only got home with one of my rackets. I lost a fucking tennis racket last night. In the time it took me to get my shit collected on the court and pack up till I walked 8 blocks home, somewhere in that space a tennis racket that I intended to have with me wasn't with me. And having only Realized it less than two hours after I had left the court, well, my treasure hunting, looking for, oh my god, please tell me my racket's on the court. Please tell me my racket's in there. Oh, please tell me it's in this dumpster. Please tell me my racket's just, do you have my racket at the library? No, you don't. Okay. I mean, god damn it. How the fuck did I lose a tennis racket? It's not your keys. It's not a goddamn $5 bill. It's a tennis racket. I lost a tennis racket. And I got home with one of them. Like, uh, these, this is like losing your left shoe when you go to the gym, but having your right shoe. It just does not make sense that you have one but not the other, or at least don't have a memory of splitting them up and deciding, you know, I'm going to throw my left shoe in this pod, but I'm going to keep my right shoe on, shoe on, and then go to the gym. So later I want to remind myself that I did this so I don't think, well, where's my left shoe? I have no memory of anything other than packing my stuff up like I always do, tying my bag up, and getting out of there. The idea that I did it without realizing that I had left a racket behind, it just doesn't make sense. I, I mean, I well, i have two. I go get two rackets just like I go get whatever balls I have on the court, just like I go pick up my goddamn phone and keys if I put them somewhere. I mean... How did I, uh, oh. The closest I can come is you go to the gym, you wore both shoes in, you get home, you realize you'll only have your left shoe on. Then you go looking for your right shoe and you'll just never find it. So, throw that on the pile. Which, fortunately, I still have one racket, right? I mean, this isn't... This is not the Maui fire. This is... Maybe another sign that I'm going fucking insane. Because for 40 years I've been able to manage this same system without ever having a hiccup until last night. And I oh, know I want to talk about. If at the age of 54 you think you've run into Somebody that is literally the love of your life. Like happily ever after all that shit. And it separates itself from the entire tapestry of experiences that come previously in an undeniable way. star is as close a phenomenon as it gets to describing what I went through and going through and will, I assume, persistently feel the rest of my life. And <clears throat> I don't know at what level I should be attempting... To further my interest here in a space where not that there isn't reciprocity, but there's, it wasn't the situation I anticipated. And I'm not one to believe that that which is destined is something that doesn't immediately work on both sides. And while it... Oh, God, this is where it's so fucking confusing. Because everything was going exactly as I expected, until it wasn't. And it was so disruptive that I really haven't recovered. And so now, I don't know if the best plan of action is to separate entirely and move on and compartmentalize and show the respect that comes with being uh, big enough to leave or is that fucking running away and not fighting for the one thing that has proven itself to be uniquely above everything else you've experienced I don't know what to do (sighs) but when you get a taste of something that makes everything else you thought was life at Peak realization and you think oh wait a second you mean that was just the warm-up act there's actually something superior and it's clearly superior uh yeah you know no I'll wait in line here how long is the line the rest of my life <sighs> What to do, what to do, what to do, Anyhow, that's neither here nor there. I can see into my future and I see both paths. And it works out either way. But the risk of alienation from up and finding that... All of my instincts have served me poorly, and in fact, none of that star-crossed sensibility exists. Well, living in a romantic delusion might be better than living in a stark reality of realistic construct. Nah, it's always better to know the truth and to live with that which is plainly and clearly available from other people. Trying to pretend that the world can give you something that you think it would be perfect in if it would just give you that is some of the worst time you can spend in your head. There is so much great world to just experience. To wonder why you can't get this specific, fantastic chunk of the world to work out exactly as you wanted it to. (laughs) Stop thinking about shit like that. That... That will ruin your day. As we'll go into work at the Home Depot for four hours, but, you know, I'll check in after this and see how much my day was ruined. Until then, do your absolute best not to create fantasies that can't come true. Even if they could kind of come true. Okay, but... Speaking of those fantasies that can come true... Hello, Death Star. All... Oh work's gonna be so much better with a little bit of death star and what else we got over here uh mandarin sunset okay we'll uh let the sun set on my death star and if that can't get me through four hours of work at the home depot well certainly don't tell my boss about this i don't think well does my boss think i get through work without smoking nah no way anyway it's a no uh no talk no tell what is that thing don't talk don't tell anyhow better left uncommunicated uh my uh current condition of smoking weed before work uh nobody's gonna get hurt nobody's gonna even know so why would we even want to talk about this i guess it's my fault for bringing it up i'll talk to you after work and we'll see if anything went wrong but you know it won't because nothing ever goes wrong in my life except that one thing with that you know unrequited love that is nothing, though, right? Right? Okay. Well, I'm back. <clears throat> and I have to admit, there's a little reluctance here to tack on after tacking on to what really finished in a way that sums up uh, recording perfectly for me with the right, right? But... Uh... No, two rights do not make a wrong or even a U-turn in this situation. But what they do make is, I think, uh, (laughs) an inquiry to my own self that what I do to feed the cat is irrelevant. It always has been. In most ways, because I've never been attached to anything professional that makes money. I've always seen it as a burden. I never enjoyed my job to the point that I got up thinking, Oh, fuck yeah! Work! Today is a work day! It never happened. And, I mean, the job I still think I liked the most was paperboy. Which was probably my first real job. But caddy was a good job. Um, Like I said, I think cab driver would fucking rock. So I may eventually merge my uh, lifelong dream of driving people around for money into a reality. Or I might just leave that for the next life. Um, The jobs I clearly hated at all times, include every minute I spent working in the advertising agency, Uh, every second I worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Let's see. Do I hate any of my service jobs? Not really. Bartending, uh, I loved. Even waiting tables, I loved. The culture, the job, the work, it was all uh, a net positive for me, except for the parting. That was uh, more than uh, someone like myself could say, hold on a second, maybe 13 straight nights of no sleep is too many. No, I would say, well, if you make it this far, don't you have to do a fortnight? I mean... What are you gonna quit at thirteen? That's unlucky. <clears throat> so, I have, um, I have always thought that at some point I would get paid for being me, and I know maybe everyone thinks this. It's an awfully terrible thing to admit, to be honest, that. My value is such that just my presence here deserves the remuneration that other people must dig ditches to receive. See, I don't like that at all. But I also don't like a society where the only way you can securely know tomorrow is taken care of is to dig a ditch today so that you can get enough dollars in your hand to take care of your needs through tomorrow and do it all over again. I remember the probably first cliche I ever saw on a t-shirt was, welcome to the rat race. And, uh, I didn't understand it. I was like in first or second grade and a kid wore it to school, a friend of mine wore it to school actually. And, uh, and I thought, well... Do rats race? Number one, right? Number two, well, I'm not a rat. Like, if it's a race and it's me versus rats, i probably come out pretty well in that scenario. It just, it seemed like the kind of t-shirt that was up there with um, Pet Rocks. Um, I, I never understood Pet Rocks either. It just the whole gimmick flew right past me <clears throat> until the second time my friend wore this shirt i was at his house and so i asked him while his mom was in the kitchen doing something what welcome to the rat race meant and he said you know the rat race everybody's just like spinning on a wheel or whatever it was it was that uh, reference that he made, like uh, hamsters on a wheel. That's the rat race. At which point I'm like, oh, of course. Because my sister and I actually had gerbils and they would run around on those silly wheels. They even ran around in a plastic ball that went through the house. And it's like a concept that had really left me the little literalist. That I was. Little literalist? How about minimal minimalist? No. I was a short, short-tempered person. No, I had no temper. I was a a tiny dancer. No, I didn't dance. What I was was trying to put the world together. Still am, obviously. Hang on, kitty, I don't want you to. Yeah, here you go. You wanna be there you go. Um but it's like, oh, okay, now I've got a little more uh, uh, chutzpah or uh, cross-reference. People want to talk about rats and races, I got a little texture there now. Uh, I, can, I can walk that road. And, <clears throat> you know, as you start to learn how to communicate with the world and what the world is communicating back at you, <clears throat> your comfort level of hmm, of frictionless uh, motion through purpose and destiny, it just never is there. And a job was never going to create it. I just knew that. But doing something that gets you recognized... As having purpose and destiny. And then because all of that is syncing up, finding enough security and financial uh, footing in the process to become uh, without concern about where the next ditch needs to be dug so that I can pay for dog food for my dog tomorrow. I always kind of just knew money would not ever really be a concern. But I never was going to be rich either. In, In other words, like, I kind of assumed I would start a school or something like that, where all of a sudden you're just like, people are coming over to read the books you have. So you're like, well, we could do this more formally. How about we have, like, cookies in the morning and fucking brownies at night and bong hits at lunch? What, what do you guys think should be more formal about our education here? Oh, you want... Uh, yeah, we could do, you know, uh, conversations too, I guess. Or uh, even uh, read some uh, materials. But we could keep the bong hits at lunch, right? Um, <clears throat> it just always felt like I would... Hmm. I would find myself sinking into a situation where obviously this is the fit I was uh, destined for, and because there's no um, static to to clear out, it just works forward into a secure and safe place to be. Now, that is not what I think about when I think of relationships. In fact, relationships have always been Uh, helter-skelter. Never did I ever imagine settling down as it were. Um, And so to be in a position where you can find yourself completely content while working part-time at Home Depot is not what I would recommend as a path for most people except that more people are forced into these paths now than ever. This isn't a place where you can't understand how hmm, how much glory there is in your life. What you're doing to put numbers on a U.S. bank account line, it may be the most fulfilling and pointed focus of your entire existence. But it's less than 1% of us that are going through life in that capacity. The rest of us are finding something that is tolerable enough that we don't have to compromise ourselves completely or the compromises we do make, we can live with, so that we can feed our dogs. And that scale of... um, of... (sighs) disconnect, or just ill-fitting realities, well, we're all living them. And we're all okay with it because we see people whose realities are more ill-fitting than ours, and we think, well, at least we're not that fucking moron. And I'm as guilty of this as anybody until Lily came along. Because Lily a delusional schizophrenic who just randomly walked in my back door in a full-on delusion one night, Lily gave me a chance to see another point of view, a broken point of view, that was completely um, self-undermining. Nobody have I ever seen be their own worst enemy more than Lily. And not just in her abrasive, uh, schizophrenic, uh, uh, abrupt sense of social uh, disharmony. Lily did not have a problem making an entire room of content and congenial people start throwing fucking razor blades at her. She enjoyed somewhat the attention. And when she would go on tilt and literally throw all fucks she could possibly give straight out the goddamn reality window and just start in on who knows what. It could be a tirade about uh, soil purification. It could be a tirade about her fantasy, noble heritage and future lineage of offspring that don't exist and never will. It just, it was always whatever ingredients happen to be composing Lily's day that could send her on a tirade, that's the tirade that would occur. So nobody have I ever seen take life literally second by second like Lily the Delusional Schizophrenic. And <clears throat> what She showed me was how hard it is to live a life where you keep trying to fix things that you can't fix. That you would only have a better sense of who you are and what you're up to if this would work out. But this is something that you're self-sabotaging and is never going to work out. So... Either you're trying to reverse psychology yourself and mind fuck yourself into getting something done that up until this point you've proven completely incapable of, or you're living with the idea that that reality is too hard to bear. So you shift into one where the fantasies that have a less than 1% chance, but still that chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Chance? Yeah, that's, that's a place where schizophrenics like to wait for buses that are never coming. Which is fine, because they don't have the $3 to get on the fucking bus anyway, and then they got to try to talk their way on, and they're all fucking pissy about not being let on, because they're talking about something to do with unicorns and fairy dust that they left on the last bus. So... If you're going to do everything you can to make the interactions you have with the people around you as discordant as you can make them, well, <clears throat> people will give up on you rather quickly. And there won't be a line of people hoping that they can be the one that turns over your sense of, of, uh, of lunacy to... Some Hakuna, Matata, Kumbaya, let's all go uh, circle jerk our love for humanity. No, no. The kind of people who are abrasive enough to signal to the world, only come at me if you're gonna come at me with everything you've got and be willing to leave it all here. Because at any minute, that's what I'm ready to do. Conflict at its highest nature... Is something Lily would seek out. When she told me her diagnosis officially, um, <clears throat> once she had been put on antipsychotic medication, was oppositional defiance syndrome. No matter what you would say to Lily, her immediate reaction would always be the opposite. Hey, uh, Lily, let's uh, let's have a big. Uh, sweet-ass dessert after lunch. Like, let's just have a big seven-scoop ice cream sundae. What do you say, Yen? <sighs> no, but if you want to suggest something like maybe some rice cakes and salad, that would be perfect. That's what I'm thinking. Be like, Lily, well, I've never seen you eat either one of those things ever. Yeah, well, that's because you're never listening to what it is I want. You're always telling me to stuff my face with ice cream. As she's over there, eating, say, uh, uh, a Popsicle. I mean, it's just, whatever her thread of continuity from one event to the next, there just was no consistency in anything she would present. Until you'd been around her for about a year or two. Because the interesting thing about the delusional state of mind they that Lily and Lily's the only delusional schizophrenic I've ever known or interacted with that I am consciously aware of um, but I did spend about four years of intense living with slash around slash aware of both Lily and her family like I got to know her family even through this process but the the way that her thread of truth starts to show itself are in the slight variations of her go-to shenanigan stories. Let's take kings and nobles and the blood of uh, of the chosen ones. This was a conversation she would have a lot. And um, so when we're talking about the king's blood and the heritage of her family, and all these things that would just be coming out of thin air, her, <clears throat> her narration over time would have a little bit of variance. Like, instead of her aunt being there to, uh, to burn all the, the, uh, the shrubbery and, and greenery that was on their new property, this time she was there uh, to only burn the dead leaves. Or something, right? Like, you would just notice something different about the way she was telling something. And then her next little uh, reveal, uh, she would have a moment of direct communication with you about, well, do you think things actually regenerate across eternity, or is this the only shot we get? Is this our only life? And you would think, holy shit, did she just ask me a lucid question? like a philosophical question about the meaning of life and reality. And you would look at her and she'd literally be waiting for an answer. So you'd say, "Um, uh, well, my best guess, given what I have known through very little exploration other than my own faith, is this. And she would then reply with something incredibly nuanced in that moment. And then off she'd be, on the next comment about blueberries and whether or not they're appropriate for uh, the kinds of things you would want to make the sole of a shoe out of. (sighs) Ah, blueberry skins, huh? Yeah. No, I think you could make shoes with blueberry skins. It's a good idea, Lily, but getting back to that thing you were asking about spirituality and the essence of life. Oh no, you forgot about that. Okay. So, and, and it's, It's not just these little lucid moments that you start to think, okay, is she faking it? Or is she literally snapping in and out of these dioramas of conversation that she really has no control over? Until she gets into a spot where somebody connects with her about something that she's having real-time information processing and another person is on the same wavelength. It's it's something that I had never seen somebody have to struggle to achieve. And to say she had to struggle to achieve it, these were the moments of, hmm, of, I don't know, guard down, I guess. Everything about her presentation to the universe was one of, If you fuck with me, I'll stand my ground. And that approach to the world makes her immediately hostile in every circumstance. Which means police are getting called all the time. Because everyone thinks she's a threat to go from a little bit crazy to fucking lunatic. Because she is. She presents herself that way. And having said that I would get a little bit back to Lily an episode or two ago, what ended up happening is, of course, my... Well, I can just be the one person in the world who does not treat her like she's crazy. Just give her the room to be Lily and let her know that there's no reason for her to be ashamed or afraid of anything she would feel or say to me because I just won't judge her. And live and let live and all that turned into her murdering my dog. Murdering? Do you murder a dog? I don't know. Well, she killed one of my two dogs to save my other dog from the dog she thought was evil. And I didn't know this until a good six months after it had all happened. And I can't 1,000% say that my dog didn't just get into poison, that Lily actually fed him poison. But when she came clean about that particular moment of time and how she had found poison and given it to my dog to save my other dog... I could tell she was telling me the truth. Like, this wasn't an item of manipulation. This was Lily admitting to me, I think, that she knew she'd fucked up. Whatever she had done to convince herself that she had to kill Millhouse, it took her six months to finally tell me that she'd done it. Even though I immediately suspected that she had done it just from the way she was acting, not because I thought she had some vendetta against my dogs, but after feeling about as hmm, close to wanting to kill someone as I can come, I even went into the kitchen to find something sharp. I didn't know what for. I don't really think I was going to go hurt Lily. But once she leveled with me that she had killed my dog, I kind of lost control, at least mentally. I knew I I spit on her immediately, like just all over her face. And then I did it again. Once she realized I'd done it, I did it again. And I said, I'm going to kill you. And I walked into the kitchen and I grabbed a knife and I came back at her. Not came back at her, walked back to where she was. And the minute I see her and she is fired up, I I think Lily thought this was it. Like one of us is going to go kill the other one. And and I looked at her and I, I knew it wouldn't take much more than a twitch to have her on me. And I just dropped the knife. I knew in that moment I was out of control. I couldn't believe what was going on and that I was participating, to be honest. Dropping the knife happened before. I I knew I'd dropped the knife because I heard it hit the floor. It's not like I even realized I'd done it. I just knew it was no longer in my hand. And I even remember thinking, okay, don't step on that knife. That's a sharp knife. And I forgave her. I just looked at her and I said, I forgive you. I'm sorry that you did that but I forgive you. And it was <clears throat> maybe 90 seconds of time, all, all told, from finding it out to I forgive you. But boy, does that ever feel like I can still get into the, I can still feel the spittle on my chin and face from the rage as I was looking or any way to retaliate. And I've never had more reason to want to hurt somebody. And so when I forgave her it was like I hadn't I, I did it a second time to make sure that I had said the words. Because it, it was like somebody else had come and, and demanded that this be my next step. I wasn't even sure why I was doing it. But it was an immediate feeling of I'm doing this because I have to. For her and for me. And I mean, obviously that was basically the end of our relationship. From there on it was hard to... I mean, it just got worse. And I, uh, I learned so much from Lily about what it's like to be a real target of people's fear and hatred. Some of it, if not a lot of it, brought on by yourself. But not all of it. In fact, not the worst of it. And... I, I never saw Lily get better. I saw her tread water or lose ground every time we had more than a month or two of communication. She just was always spiraling downward and dragging mostly herself, but those with whom she felt conflict, they were coming down with her if she could in any way make it happen. And I know that it's wrong to have somebody come into your life that you know needs help and watch them not get any better, if anything, get worse, and still not help them. But I did help Lily find some level of, the world doesn't have to be hostile to you. You're making the world hostile, and you won't even admit it. And no matter what hostility you bring at me, I'm not going to say you're crazy, and it's a world that needs to put you in a room separated from the rest of us. The dog incident tested every Every, hmm, every, hmm, what did it test? It proved to me that I could be the person who let others get better. I don't know. I don't know what the dog incident proved. I don't know. I haven't ever spoken about any of this shit. So, uh, I probably should have stopped with right, right. Why I've dredged all this up, I really don't know. But, I guess I had a crappy week and a deflated, somewhat, hmm, Melancholy recording is probably appropriate, but all right, let's see if I can come up with one of the jokes that I came up with for what's happened to the boys of the 21st century. Um, (laughs) uh, that one's mean. No. All right. I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be, I don't even want to, I don't even want to call out the lack of motivation and, and, chutzpah that I see in the 20-something males. I don't want to make it more of a reality than it's already apparently become. But tonight at work, there are three of them that are just awful together. They're just... it's. These are 24-year-old men, 24, 23, and 23, who speak of of interests and hobbies that i hmm, i can't relate to i cannot i cannot relate to the immersion of self into landscapes that are virtual and completely <laughs> delusional i don't know i guess I did it with reality. Everyone else now does it with a screen and a VR headset. Well, I guess that just proves uh, my version of the game and your version of the game. Well, uh, how do you end a podcast? Wait, this isn't a podcast for one, and two... Why am I worried about the end? There's no end. This is just pause number 4,112. Pause. Okay, but that is the ending. No more pauses. This is where it stops.